listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Brand new episode of Podcasters of S.H.I.E.L.D., Cinema Geekly's Marvel podcast. It is Anthony Lewis along with Aurora Bubaloo. Hello, Aurora. How are you doing? Hello. Ready to talk about this sad, sad two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> it just gets sadder and sadder, really. Yeah. Although, yep. uh, we're talking about The Punisher, of course, on Netflix. Uh, did you get the, the message from Netflix that they're bumping the price? I got this message the other day. Uh, no. Oh, then prepare. They're. I mean, it's not going up. I don't know how much are you paying for Netflix right now. It's like what nine, eight ninety nine. I think a month? so. I think so. Yeah. They're bumping it to ten ninety nine a month. All right. Yeah, two screens, high definition. If you want one screen with standard definition, you can pay seven ninety nine uh, for it. Ten ninety nine is really not all that bad, I suppose, but. Uh, they are giving you, there is so much content. You know, and of course, until that Disney streaming service comes out and then everybody will be going to the Disney streaming service. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Look, they, they'll have my money if they're like, uh, you know, we're putting DuckTales on there and Chippendales Rescue Rangers. I will be there. Oh, yeah. Darkwing they will have Duck. a lot of people if they do that. Yes. Yeah. Tailspin, like they put that stuff on there. Just, just, they put my childhood cartoons on there. I'm, I'm in. But yeah, uh, maybe I'll stick around with Netflix too. We'll, we'll see Netflix. Uh, I'm putting you putting you on notice, uh, good behavior notice. So <laughs> uh, keep your attitude in check. Uh, so the Punisher season one, episode three. This is the episode Aurora where I feel like we saw the moment where Frank changed. Like he talks about how his kids saw the change in him. Right, right. I feel like we saw that change happen in episode yep. three. Uh, called Kandahar. Uh, There were a lot of flashbacks in this episode, so let's cover the flashbacks first. Uh, During their time in Afghanistan, Frank and Russo serve as members of a covert assassination squad that is recruited by an quote-unquote Agent Orange. So it's weird that Donald Trump was involved way back (laughs) during the war in Afghanistan long before, but uh, I guess... Yeah. His hands are everywhere, that guy. Uh, <laughs> he's recruited by an Agent Orange to execute Ahmed Zubair uh, before he can reveal their existence. Uh, the squad later raids a compound on Orange's intel, only to lose several of its members, prompting Frank to attack Orange and blind him in his left eye. Micro, after finding footage of Zubair's death, encrypts it and sends it to Dinah, only for a team of DHS agents led by Wolf to track him down and shoot him. 
Micro survives the attempt while Wolf flame, uh, frames him as a traitor. In the present time, while interrogating Micro, Frank learns that he has rigged the hideout to explode if he is not at his console. However, uh, uh, Frank, however, reveals that he did not see any bombs when he secured the perimeter. Micro reveals that he's actually filming Frank, and after he disarms the security, knocks him out with a, a tranquilizer. Shortly after Frank regains consciousness, Micro reveals that he wants to help him take down the people who destroyed their lives. Meanwhile, Dinah juggles engaging with uh, engaging in a jurisdictional dispute with the NYPD and the FBI dealing with guilt over Wolf's death when Dinah's partner Sam tells her that Wolf had $30 million in hidden offshore accounts. Mm -hmm. uh, she decides to trust her partner. Uh, so things are afoot. Uh, so most of this episode, though, was the flashbacks and the character right. building, uh, giving us some background on Frank Castle, and mm -hmm. uh, the interrogation stuff was the bulk of this episode. What did you think of episode three? I mean, it was, a, again, it was a good episode. Um, I, I think it's a bummer. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's, it's a bummer episode uh, because... Um, it's just every time that I see a, a show that uh, is it's basically showing how things go behind the scenes in any like, you know, federal uh, building or organization or um, the government. Yes. Um, and you see, I see how dirty it is because it, it is a show, but it, it happens. Mm -hmm. um, it just bums me, bums me out. Oh, like all the corruption. And... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean. Yeah. And, you know, the fact, you know, I think the show is doing a very good job at showing that soldiers, you know, they are, they have to do what they are instructed to do. Yes. Um, but it doesn't mean that it's always something that they agree with, but they have to do it. But, you know, in this situation, you know, they're, they're making them do stuff that they shouldn't even be able, be, be allowed to do or um, should be doing. Um and then, you know, they destroyed their lives completely. Yeah. Uh, and they were just serving the countries, which just, it's a good episode. It's just, it just bummed me out to know oh, yes. that that happens. Yeah. Uh, to me, the most interesting stuff was all the flashback stuff. Although it was, it got brutal quick in the <laughs> flashbacks. Oh my yeah. God, it got brutal. Uh, I mean, I guess it's the Punisher, so it's going to be brutal, but... Holy moly. Uh I will say this before we before we get into that. I liked So we got to see like Frank in the barracks with his teammates right. and stuff and for like a minute it felt like he just looked like gruff old Frank Castle, like we've right. always known him. But then he's like looking at birthday cards from his family and you see him smiling and mm -hmm. laughing. And mm -hmm. his wife sends him Bruce Springsteen tickets, and he's right. like, he can't wait to get home. Mm -hmm. uh, and he just, I mean, he doesn't seem like a super happy-go-lucky guy. <laughs> he doesn't seem like John Bernthal in real right. life. Right, right. Uh, but he is like, he is definitively lighter and happier than we are used to seeing him. Right. Which automatically sort of gives you gives you a little bit of something like this guy hasn't always been like this he's you know he used to be happy he used to know what smiling is 
uh, things like that. Uh, and then it's, you know, then the raid, the, the compound raid where he's just, you know, I he decides he's going to go and help everybody out because they're pinned down and he goes in there and it's almost like that's the moment where he sort of becomes the Punisher maybe for the first time. Although he doesn't come back out again until his parent or not his parents until his family's death. Right. But it sort of feels like that's the moment where he becomes it. Like he's just walking through the halls, shooting people left and right. I think one guy, he ends up killing with a rock or something at the end (laughs) and his face is just covered in blood. And like, the, the next thing you see is him like throwing up into a bucket and it's just like chunks and blood. And it's, so gross mm-hmm. it's grosser than anything I've seen on Walking Dead which is crazy <laughs> it just uh, it was just so disheartening and brutal and then you know when he goes and attacks that it and I knew that guy had shit coming to him because those guys were in there they're just covered in blood they looked like they've had the shit kicked out of him and he's just like do you guys get the target anyone get the target hey you guys do your job yeah which you know do you think that they named him Agent Orange to, had to make have. it like a dig to Donald Trump. Had to way. have. Right? <laughs> like he didn't care about these people at no. all. No. There was no concern. And then Frank almost killed him. Yeah. It was pretty great, actually. Yeah. Uh, when he went after him, I'm like, oh, man, this is like, you really shouldn't be behaving like this. But yeah. okay, yeah. Yeah, you've earned it, buddy. <laughs> uh, the interrogation stuff was all was all interesting. Obviously Frank doesn't trust anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and he eventually once things sort of evened out, once Frank became convinced that micro wasn't after him or had people coming for him. And once he convinced them that no, the people who would be coming for you would also be coming for me. I don't want that. We need to work together. Uh, then they did another interesting thing with Frank and micro's wife. Right. I'm. I don't know what they're doing here exactly. Me neither. I feel like, it was. It was kind of confusing. I feel like they're setting up. I mean, because look, he has said that he has his wife. He's like, "Why do you have my wife's number?" And he's like, "You know, for for leverage over you." Right. Right. It is very clear that he wants to be the one in control in this partnership, mm-hmm. which he doesn't consider a partnership. Um, I'm wondering if. Uh, the, I'm wondering if the way he acts around it, cause he knows that micro can see him when he's there. Cause he creepily watches his family at all times. I mean, I guess it's, it is creepy. It's also kind of understanding, yeah. but also creepy. Yeah. So he knows that micro can see him at all times. I'm wondering if he's acting just enough to sort of make him think like, I'm falling for your wife or I, your wife can fall. I can make your wife fall for me or something. Yeah. Because it, it feels that way when, when he went to the house, it, there were some moments that I thought the wife was going to like ask him out on a date or something. Like yeah. That. <laughs> and he got along so well with the kids. Like, I think yeah. some of it might be a bit of like, like a power grab on his part. Things like a psych- like, psychological torture, maybe. Like, yeah. Like, you I'm, know, you can't do this, but I'm like, taking your position in the family. Yeah. Like I'm being you, you can't be here and and I can be whenever I want to be essentially. Yeah. Um, you know, but then she sort of, 
I feel like there's a bit, it felt to me like maybe he was throwing Micro a bone, because he does sort of, like, blame him for not being there for her. Right. And she comes to his defense. Yeah. And I think Frank knows that that's not really the case, that it's his fault that they're, he's not there, like, he knows that he was framed or whatever, that Micro was framed. I feel right. like maybe he was throwing him a bone. I don't know. It's I don't it, know. It's a very interesting dynamic that I am curious to see if it goes anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, a lot of that happens in the... I think a lot of that happens in the second... I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. I think most of that happened in the second episode, but uh, maybe I'm wrong. Did that <laughs> happen in the second episode? It may I, have. I, I am not sure. They do kind of they do kind of blur together. That is that is one thing that feels a little bit different uh, is that the episodes kind of meld together much yeah, better. Yeah, it doesn't feel like they have an an actual end. Right. Uh, yeah. They, they do kind of. It feels like they do sort of meld together a little bit. Uh, not in a bad way, though. No, uh, no. It feels more cohesive as a story, honestly, to me. But, um, Whatever we we will uh, we will get to that. Do you have any other thoughts on the episode, or would you like to get episode three, uh, the official score? No, I I gave this episode at three point five. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. That's uh, you went a little you went a scad lower than me. I gave it a, I guess I would say a soft four. Mm-hmm. I was kind of juggling in between three and three quarters and and a four, but I'm I'm landing on a soft four. As difficult as it was to watch. Some of that flashback stuff, uh, and it was surprisingly as <laughs> it's so weird. Like I watched the trailer. I, I love the trailer for this series. I mm-hmm. thought it was so well done, and I'm like, yeah, this is kick ass. Uh, and then when they actually do some war stuff, I was like, Ew, this is so gross <laughs> and uncomfortable to watch. Like this is this is way yeah. less fun than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> but I, I liked I thought they did some much needed uh character building. And it is also very interesting that he is the Frank is the one who killed who shot Zubair. Yeah. Who was Dinah's partner, right? He was mm-hmm. the cop. Yep. Oh, interesting to see where that goes. Um You know what? Let's take a let's take a levity break before we hop into the second episode. Let's do the plug now for Think Geek. Uh, and thank the good folks of Think Geek. Uh, do your holiday shopping. Uh, I think it says here, uh, deck the hulls instead of halls. Deck the hulls of your ship, everyone, uh, at Think Geek. Cinemageekly.com slash Think Geek. Use that link to shop. Uh, we get a kickback. You get your geeky stuff. Uh, free shipping on orders of $75 uh, plus. Uh, they have a standard flat rate of five ninety five. in case people are interested and okay so aurora this isn't strictly a marvel item marvel is involved but it's not specifically just marvel okay uh it is a book called the spectacular sisterhood of superwomen oh yeah it is a, a book by hope nicholson that chronicles 90 years of powerful ladies in comics including classic artwork uh, and basically a historical look back at women in comics. And they cover everything from Wonder Woman to squ- uh, to like Squirrel Girl. They talk about Batgirl and uh, the 
the classic versions of like Captain Marvel, so like Carol Danvers and the new version of Miss Marvel, which is Kamala Khan, Jessica Jones. They talk about. They even talk about Ramona Flowers from nice. Scott Pilgrim. So, uh, just tons of stuff, and uh, it looks like a really interesting book. So obviously, there's some DC stuff kind of squeezed in there, and some non Marvel or DC related things, but. Look, uh, they talk about Mrs. Marvel and Jessica Jones. Uh, yeah, it's Squirrel Girl. She's uh, Marvel, I believe. It's all close mm-hmm. enough. Yeah. Close enough. And it's a, it sounds like a really interesting read. Yeah, it 20, does. $24.99 from ThinkGeek, The Spectacular Sisterhood of Superwomen from Hope Nicholson. Uh, click the Cinema Geekly, uh, the ThinkGeek link at the top of cinemageekly.com or use our link cinemageekly.com slash thinkgeek. Back to sadness, Aurora. (laughs) We go from celebrating the role of women in comic books for nearly 100 years to (laughs) sad, 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 sadness. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Punisher, season one, episode four, called Resupply. Uh, Frank attempts to hijack weapons, uh, uh, weapons shipment belonging to Turk Barrett. It's so good to see Turk back. (laughs) Only to discover a Greek gang has already taken them. As he juggles searching for the shipment and growing closer to Micro's family, Dinah is approached by her mentor, Rafi Hernandez, who warns her about investigating Wolf's corruption. Dinah is then tasked with leading an operation to recover the shipment when Micro learns about it from hacking into the department's files. Although reluctant to get involved, Micro helps Frank take the shipment from DHS. Dinah and Frank engage in a high-speed chase that ends with Micro ramming into Dinah's car with the truck. Frank proceeds to save Dinah, who recognizes him and confirms her suspicions that he killed Wolf before Mm -hmm. telling her to not get in his way. Meanwhile, Lewis Wilson, a member of Hoyle's PTSD support group, attempts to find a job at Anvil Securities, only to be rejected when Russo learns about his deteriorating mental state from Hoyle. So what did you think of Resupply? I like this episode way better than the previous one. This is a great uh, episode. This is, yes. Um, I too liked uh, the beginning when uh, Frank uh, puts the gun to uh, Turk's head. Oh my god. And he's like, do you believe in God? And he's like, I, I, wanna, I want now. <laughs> yes, I'd really like to start right now. <laughs> yes. When I saw Turk, uh, when I saw Turk, I'm like, oh, thank God, there's going to be a little bit of humor in this. Yeah, and he opens the box and he's like a pink gun, like a pink, <laughs> like a rifle. rifle. Yes. He's like, what is this? And he's like, eh, it's a custom order, man. <laughs> and he's like, it's not even loaded. I don't deal in ammo or whatever. Yes. <laughs> uh, it was awesome. He's, he's got like this thing full of like plasma TVs and like big screen TV. Like he's just all of his wares. Yeah, I uh, I love that. Look, man, I didn't see your face. I don't know who you are. I don't want to know who you are. Just <laughs> let me go. Oh, uh, so happy to see Turk. He was good. My um, favorite criminal. Yeah, in all these Netflix Marvel shows. Yeah, I love that. He's like, it's like Turk and Claire Temple are like the weird threads that tie these things together. Yeah, yeah. One is good, one is bad. Yeah, and if you don't see her, like he'll show up. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Um, I I like the whole um, you know, trying to steal the guns uh 
interesting. Um, but I, I thought that it was interesting that, you know, Micro uses this like music to mess with the communication of the agents. Yes. Um, and when the music comes in, they're all like, what is that? What is happening? And I'm like, you guys realize this is like someone trying to mess this up, right? <laughs> because they were they were acting like, oh, there's some interference. Like, oh, my God, where is this music coming from? I'm like, on the this, radio, guys. This is clearly someone trying to mess up your communications. <laughs> you are all agents. You should know this. <laughs> it's like, oh, come on. Everybody knows. Everybody knows that we like country music here. Not this techno <laughs> stuff. What is going on? <laughs> so I thought so it was funny. weird that, you know, they were trying to mess up with the uh, uh, plan and they were all like, what's going on? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, so crazy. Um, I really, really, uh, I enjoyed the, it, it felt a little weird at first. There was like the the car chase thing seemed a little strange at first, but it got really cool and interesting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then it ended spectacularly. Right. Like a big fiery crash. And he, uh, Frank saves her life. She recognizes him. Uh, I mean, she's going to remember that like he saved her life. He could have left her in the car. The car explodes at the, like the very end. Right. Like that's where that's like how the show, uh, fades off or whatever. But, uh, I like that. I liked, uh, I'm interested in the stuff with Lewis, uh, the PTSD guy. They right. started this episode. It was actually really terrifying, sort of. Like, that scene was great at the beginning where, mm-hmm. like, he's, I don't know if he's having, like, a nightmare or something. And his dad. Maybe walks, a flashback or something like that. Yeah, his dad walks down the steps and he almost shoots him. Mm-hmm. And like this moment where he realizes what just happened, it was, it was a well done scene, but it was heartbreaking. Yeah. And like, then when they find him later, he's kind of like made like a, like, like a, a trench, bunker? yeah, yeah, like, like a bunker trench, or, a trench yeah, yeah, yeah. or something. And he's just like, I don't have like the anxiety or the fears or the nightmares when I'm like out here or whatever. And it's kind of sad like really it sad is. That, it is like it's the only this is the only way he's finding peace mm-hmm. and he wants to find a job and they're trying to help him find a job but obviously he's got some issues that he needs to deal with and i feel like he lewis is like coming at it from an approach of well i just need to to find something to keep me busy and then i'll be right. fine but he's unwilling to face the fact that he maybe has some underlying mental issues and it doesn't help that there's a guy in the PTSD support group who's basically like a Trump voter. Right. That one yeah. older the one older he has guy. Like, he has like the the NRA shirt. He has like an NRA shirt and he's like, ah, <laughs> oh, the government can't be trusted and he hands him like a pamphlet about guns and I'm like, I don't know, man. I see all those I've seen all those stories about guys with PTSD with guns and bad things tend to happen mm-hmm. uh when that happens. Yep. Uh, but that that uh, scene where um, I feel like I, they're I, setting him up to be a villain. I feel like yes, for sure. And but I I I can't remember the name of the of the guy that's the like the support group leader. Uh, his oh yeah 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 Frank's uh, friend. I can't remember it off the uh, oh it is it's Hoyle it's Curtis okay. is his name though they, 
in this paragraph, they they referred to them. He always referred to him as Hoyle Curtis. This is his name. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, he when he has that scene with this uh, guy that you know with the dugout trench that he has, um, the guy makes a comment like, "Oh, because uh, Curtis has he lost his leg in yeah. battle," mm-hmm. um, and the guy says, "Oh, you took you took that from bat- from." war or something like that like he got it from the war and he's like no I left it there like you're <laughs> seeing things wrong you're saying like I gained something from this and what I really did was lose things and I thought that whole scene and the way that they uh, wrote that was really really good as well because it showed both perspectives of you know someone with PTSD how they might see it and someone that yes. m- doesn't have that uh, problem how they see things differently so. Ah. Um, do you have any other thoughts or what What did you give the resupply? I, this one, I gave it a 4.5. This one was a really good episode. I agree. I gave it yeah. a four and a half as well. Uh, I don't know if this is the, I, I'm definitely hoping the best is yet to come, but it certainly feels like they're ramping up things a little bit. These mm-hmm. characters that have been separate uh, for the first couple of episodes, uh, talking about uh, Dinah, Madani and, uh, and Frank, like, they're coming together. Frank and Micro have come together. Like, uh, I feel like the ball has finally started rolling a little bit. Yeah. No Karen in these episodes, by the way. No, she's only been in the one episode so yeah. far. Mm-hmm. Although, <clears throat> we still got, like, half the season to go still. So, I'm I'm thinking she will show up again. I hope. Yep. We shall see. Uh all right, well, that is a wrap for this week's episode. Head on over to cinemageekly.com, check out the archives of the show, and find us on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music. Just search for Podcasters of S.H.I.E.L.D. and hit subscribe. We will come back next week with more Punisher, talking Season 1, Episode 5, called Gunner, and Episode 6, called The Judas Goat. <laughs> <laughs>